Welcome to the Valley Beit Midrash podcast, a program of Valley Beit Midrash, a global center of learning and action. We're bringing you the best in diverse, pluralistic Jewish wisdom, all with the goal of improving lives in our global community. I'm Rabbi Shmuley Yanklowitz. Let's get started. With Professor Daniel Matt, who is a um, world-renowned uh, scholar of Jewish mysticism, Kabbalah, um, translated the Zohar, and we're here to talk tonight about a groundbreaking, new, exciting book, Becoming Elijah, which was um, I was so thrilled to hear won the Rabbi Jonathan Sachs uh, Prize uh, issued by Yeshiva University this year. So Mazel Tov on that. And I'm to talk with you again. Good to be here. So um, Elijah, I mean, who, who who is he, and what is this evolution from the Elijah of Tanakh to the Eliyahu Hanavi of of the rabbis? Yeah, he seems to be almost two different people. You know, in the Bible, Elijah is this fierce zealot fighting for the one true God and battling Baal, the false Canaanite God. He's very fierce when he defeats the prophets of Baal. He doesn't convert them to Judaism. He slaughters them. But then somehow he's transformed into this hero of compassion. You could even say he's a Jewish bodhisattva. He basically spends his time saving people and helping people so how does that transformation come about? That's one major thing I wanted to explore in the book. And you could say that the rabbis are somewhat frustrated uh, with Elijah. They, they criticize him. They criticize him for being too harsh. And they really transform him into this gentler figure. But I like to see it that this isn't something that's done to Elijah. It's really something that Elijah learns over the ages. Elijah learns how to become gentle. He learns how to love. And certainly this begins to happen in the Bible itself, right? When God appears to Elijah, when God reveals himself to Elijah at Mount Sinai, it's not through the loud, violent phenomena of nature. The Bible says God was not in the wind. God was not in the earthquake. God was not in the fire. How does God reveal himself to Elijah? The Bible uses a beautiful phrase, kol demama daka. That's translated in the King James Version, a still, small voice, but that's not really what the Hebrew means. It's a sound of sheer stillness. Mm -hmm. So God is discovered in stillness. You could say that's an indication already of meditation right in the Bible. So that process of Elijah learning that he shouldn't be so harsh, that begins in the Bible, but then over the ages, Elijah learns how to convey wisdom to people in a more gentle fashion. And that's how he becomes the beloved folk hero. There are more stories about Elijah than about any other figure in all of Jewish tradition. More than Adam, more than David, more than Abraham, more than Moses, mm -hmm. because he was there to help people. Mm -hmm. You know, in the Bible, he ends his, his earthly career by being carried up to heaven in a chariot of fire. In fact, that phrase, chariots of fire, comes from Elijah. But the question is, did he die? He's taken up to heaven, but does that mean he died or does it mean he escaped death entirely? And in Jewish tradition and also in Christianity and Islam, the belief evolved that Elijah never died. So you could say he's eventually gonna bring the Messiah, but meanwhile, he doesn't just hang out in heaven. He comes down to help those in need and he inspires people. And that's how he takes on a central role in the Kabbalah. He becomes the one who initiates a spiritual seeker into wisdom. And in addition to his central role in Kabbalah, 
How and why has he become so central in Jewish ritual life, in Brit Milah, in the Pesach Seder, in Havdalah? Yeah, those are really the main rituals. Elijah seems to pop up almost everywhere. You know, if you're a traditional Jew, you actually invoke Elijah's name a few times a day. He appears in the Birkat HaMazon, in the Grace After Meals. But the main three are the ones you mentioned, the Seder, of course. You know, many Jews who've never looked at the Book of Kings in the Bible, who don't study the Midrash or the Talmud, they have some encounter with Elijah just from memories of childhood, being a child at the Seder, opening the door for Elijah, filling the cup. So why is he at the Seder? Really because he's the one who's going to bring the Mashiach. He's going to announce the coming of the Messiah. And Passover, since it, since it celebrates the first redemption from Egypt, is also seen as looking forward to the final redemption. So that's probably why Elijah has a central role there. Havdalah, why do we sing songs to Eliyahu Hanavi? Eliyahu Hanavi. At Havdalah, why does he appear there? Because Sabbath, the Shabbat, is a taste of the Messiah. So now that the Shabbat has ended, we're kind of saying, okay, the Messiah should come. Elijah, you should, you should show up quickly. And Brit Milah, there's a custom to have an empty chair at every Jewish ritual circumcision. So why is that? That really is because of a Midrash. Okay, Elijah is the one who's fighting for God, right? He's fighting to, to bring Israel back to the covenant. And in fact, at Mount Sinai, when God reveals himself to Elijah, God actually says, Malachafo Eliyahu, what are you doing here? Which is really a critique. God is saying, you should be with the people. Why did you run off to the desert? You shouldn't you know, try to find a, a mystical vision of God. You should be with the people. You should be committed to social justice. But Elijah says, well, I'm here because the, everyone's out to get me, and Israel has abandoned your covenant, and they're all trying to kill me. So according to a Midrash, God says to Eliyahu, why, are you always, why do you always doubt the people? You think they've abandoned the covenant? I want, I want you to show up at every covenant, at every Brit, because Brit, the bris, the circumcision, really means the covenant of circumcision. So it's almost God is saying, I'm going to prove to you that Israel does keep the covenant. So every time there's a circumcision, Elijah should show up, and there's this Kisei Eliyahu, chair of Elijah. So that's the intellectual, how Eliyahu evolves in the text. That's the ritual, how Eliyahu shows up in our ritual lives. How about the personal? How can Eliyahu be relevant to us on a personal level? Yeah, well, Eliyahu has this image of, you know, being there to help people. In fact, he takes on the role of a shapeshifter. He can turn in whoever, whoever is needed at the moment to save someone. There are many, many stories of Elijah showing up at the last moment to save someone in distress, to help someone who's impoverished, to inspire someone who wants to learn wisdom. In fact, there's one amazing story in the Talmud where he actually shows up as a prostitute in order to save a rabbi who's being pursued by the Roman soldiers. Elijah shows up as a prostitute and embraces Rabbi Meir, and the soldiers say, oh, that can't be the rabbi. He would never do that. So he's there to help people, but the way I see it is that Hasidism teaches, the later Jewish mystical tradition teaches, that each of us has an aspect of Elijah within ourselves. This is called Bechinat Eliyahu, a quality of Elijah, an aspect of Elijah. And I think what that means is that we have to learn to do what Elijah learned to do. We have to take our own anger, our own rage, our own frustration, and somehow learn to transform that wow. into gentleness or compassion. Mm -hmm. And that's why I call the book Becoming Elijah. Mm -hmm. 
On the one hand, it means how did Elijah become who he became? How did he change from a fierce zealot to a compassionate hero? But it also means each of us can actually encounter that. Each of us can be transformed in the way Elijah was transformed. Wow, I love that. Was there anything in the, it, for, that the Kabbalists said about Eliyahu that surprised you or that you uh, were really taken by in terms of how he is used in a mystical sense? Yes, really, many of the early Kabbalists, uh, there are stories told about them that they encountered Elijah. In other words, how did, how did the mystics come yeah. up with these radical notions? How, did, how are the mystics bold enough to say God is not a male, God is half male and half female? You never hear that in early Jewish tradition that God is pictured as a woman. Here and there a little hint. But in Kabbalah, I would say that's one of the main innovations of the Kabbalah, that God is equally masculine or feminine. So how could a Kabbalist be so radical as to say that? The Kabbalist said, I heard this from Elijah. In other words, it wasn't my own idea. It was somehow Elijah inspiring me. And this is very important. One thing I, I discovered in the course of the book is that Elijah is really the embodiment of Ruach HaKodesh. He's the embodiment of the Holy Spirit. He's the way that people become inspired. In other words, a, a mystic will become inspired by looking deep within and somehow encountering something new. The mystic won't say, I found it. The mystic isn't going to be egotistical and say, I had this great insight. The mystic experiences this as a revelation of Elijah, what's called Gilui Eliyahu. So it's a way that, that I, I think it's a way that people come up with new inspiration. Elijah is the name we give to that power that inspires you. Wow, incredible. So last question for you is, there's so many projects you could have taken on. Um, there's so many biblical figures, so many rabbinic figures, so many uh, different interesting topics. Uh, why did you choose this? Like, and and did, this, did this mean anything to you in, at the end of your journey? Yeah, it's funny, when I started working on Elijah, a good friend of mine, someone I respect very highly, said to me, kind of, why are you working on Elijah? Because Elijah seems so boring in a way. I mean, he's such a commonplace figure. He pops up everywhere. But what I came to realize is that he's so familiar to us, and yet he's so mysterious. And I think that's what I wanted to explore. I also remember being a kid, being a rabbi's kid, and being frustrated. You know, why do we always talk about Elijah? Is he real? Is he really there? Are we just making this up? I wanted to redeem Elijah for myself, I think. And the book really helped me do that. Beautiful. I love that. Friends, check out Becoming Elijah. Definitely worth the read. Incredible uh, sources to learn, things to reflect on, and see how this figure has affected Jewish life. And to reflect ourselves on how we can engage our own maturation process from um, aspects of, of, of rage or frustration or violence, God forbid, to ultimately uh, being um, teachers and leaders and beings of, of, of great compassion. Thank you so much and wishing you so much continued success. Good Thank to you. talk with you. Okay. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Valley Beit Midrash podcast. Remember that you can join our email list at valleybeitmidrash.org to stay up to date on new programs, learning opportunities, and more ways to stay connected. If you enjoyed learning with us today, support our work by making a donation at valleybatemadrash.org slash donate. Join us next time as we continue to work together to build a better world. Thanks for listening.